Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. I want to talk to you today. Who's ready to get in the Word? Amen. I'm ready to get into the Word. I've had this burning in me for for really over the past week, ever since um, Pastor asked me to speak. And... I called dad. I was on 41. I was on, the way headed, I was on the way headed back home from Valdosta. And Abby was behind me. And I was listening to a specific sermon. And, uh, you know, sometimes we guess, God, is that you? But this time, Mr. Allen, I knew God, was, God had spoke to me to speak on this topic today, the topic of the trailblazer and what that looks like and, what the, and kind of what the pioneer spirit, if you will, what does that mean exactly? What is a person with that type of trailblazer, type of a pioneering um, spirit, what does that even look like? How do we cultivate that? And then, what, so what type of characteristics does that type of person obtain? And so when I think about Cornerstone and when I think about this house, I think about that of a pioneer spirit, the, the call on this house to raise up sons and daughters that would go to a resource center to send out sons and daughters to go into all the world, preach the gospel. And that's, but what it takes is a spirit of toughness. It's not always fun. There's a cost that has to be paid. And there's a season of preparation, and that's what I want to get into today, just honoring every single season that God gives us. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that 2018 is going to be the greatest year that we have ever had. Amen? I believe that with all my heart. I believe that 2018 is going to be the year that we see fulfilled promises, that we see things come to pass that we've been praying for for years. And I'm going to get into some of that a little bit later, but I just fully believe the 2018 uh, that is upon us, and if we will properly steward November and December and what God has given us up until this point with thanksgiving in our heart, then we really will go to the next dimension. Amen? That we really will go to a whole nother level. What does that, nether le- what does that other level look like? We always talk about going higher, going higher. I'll be honest with you. I don't really know what it looks like, but all I know is is that I'm getting ready. You know, when John, when I think about forerunners and I think about pioneers, I think about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the main forerunner. And one thing I found out about him, he didn't know what exactly was going to happen. He just knew Jesus. Well, he just knew that Jesus was coming. Amen. And so I just know one thing. I'm not talking about the rapture. Come on, if we're sitting in here waiting on the Lord, the Bible says that he's coming back for a, for a, for a bride that's without spot and without blemish. We got a long way to go, amen? I believe that. So, but what I'm talking about is of just a fresh outpouring of his spirit that signs and wonders and miracles would happen. I'm about to have to throw this thing because it's running up my nose. But, so a fresh outpouring. Yep, I'm going to get rid of it, Junior. I can already tell. Hallelujah. So much for that. That's okay. Let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah 40, chapter 1, verse. We're going to read just five verses of Scripture this morning. This is a familiar passage. Um, You're going to be very familiar with it when we go there. But I just wanted to pull it out this morning and show you that of which the spirit of a pioneer, what it looks like. And I just kind of want to go through that today. And my point to you today, if you don't hear anything else, is this. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 1. 
Reading out of the New King James Version. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord hand double for all her sins. Verse 3, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. Come on, we know this. And every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How many know in this room today that we have, we have listened, we have been fed a lot of teaching, a lot of sermon, a lot of scripture. That was why I love doing events like Cornerstone in the City because it allows us to get out of the house and go do some of the stuff that we talk about in here. We know that the church is not just this building, but it's us. It's the, it's us, the body, united together outside of the walls. Amen? And so I believe that when we did that, something really did happen. There really was an impact that was made. But it takes the spirit of a pioneer. You see, I don't believe that it's a coincidence that the man at the head of this house, his name is John. He has that of a pioneer spirit. If you spend enough time with him and you hang out with him enough to know, you know, he's not really concerned about his own self too much, but he really does love the people around him. He loves his family and he loves his sons. And he has, he carries just such a humble and humility, a spirit of humility about him. And that's funny. It just, it, 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 I was praying and I was thinking last night, you know, it's funny because that's almost of like that of John and the Baptist. He stays away, hid away in the, in the wilderness. He's not out boasting or doing anything. He's just away with God. And so I want to get into here four or five things that I believe the spirit of the pioneer carries. If you've listened to any Dutch Sheets or Damon Thompson, you're going to be familiar with what I'm going to go through here. But I felt like God kind of showed me these, these couple of things about the spirit of a pioneer and what that looks like and what those characteristics look like. Number one, understand that God does not get in a hurry. Amen. We live in a society that we believe that, you know, things are supposed to happen to us quick, Miss Katie. We think that things are just supposed to happen and appear. But, I've, but what I've understood is that God does not get in much of a hurry. And so sometimes it takes days and it takes weeks and it takes months to see that fulfilled promise to fully come to pass. Many of you in this room have been praying for things to take place and to manifest themselves on the earth and in your situation for years, and you're still not seeing the breakthrough. And that is the reason why I'm talking about preparing the way of the Lord, because I fully believe that without honoring the season of preparation, that we cannot fully obtain everything that God has for us in 2018. And if we wait until January, we've waited too long. So I want to go ahead in November and December and say this, strap up, buckle your seatbelt, and put your boots on, and let's go ahead and ascend the hill of the Lord, and let's begin preparing ourselves for what's to come, amen? So, so, so God does not get in a hurry. So we cannot grow weary. Bibles do not grow weary in doing good. So do not let your prayers become stagnant. Do not just begin to settle for just that normal, just the normal, just everyday average Christian lifestyle. Amen. We want to continue pursuing up the mountain and not grow weary in that. And understand that if we don't see the blessing poured out just as soon as what we think it is, hold on because it's on the way. 
Amen. We just got to believe it by faith. We got to grab hold of it. Number two, understand that we will have to put our foot and we will have to travel to unfamiliar places. I believe that that of a spirit of a pioneer requires us, requires us to put our foot where really nobody has ever gone. If you look up the definition to a pioneer, it says a person that is willing to go where no one has gone. It's a brand new area. And if you know me, and if you've spent any type of time around me, you know I'm always talking about the deeper things of God, the fullness. My heart burns for that, going up the mountain, getting to its highest point. Amen? And so, but what exactly does that look like? That means that we've got to be willing to step and do things that may be out of our comfort zone. Amen? And so I believe that that's the spirit of this house. I believe that that's the call. It's just to go and do the, and, and to prepare the way for the generation behind us. We cannot live for ourselves any longer. I heard T.D. Jake say it like this. You know, I think in decades. I don't think by de day by day by day by minute by hour by hour by next week by next week. But I'm thinking 10 years in advance. And he's 60. So he's saying, when I'm 70, God, what are you getting ready for me to do? So I believe that we need to just properly prepare ourselves for what God has in store. So, number one, God does not get in a hurry. Number two, God always will require us to put our foot where if we have, if we really do carry the spirit of the pioneer and we really do have our brain and our spirit and our minds set toward preparing the way for the Lord to come. And again, I'm not talking about the returning of the Lord, but what I'm talking about is the Lord coming in mighty, the Lord coming in power, the Lord coming with his authority, amen, to see those mountains move. How many believe in this room that mountains still move, amen? I believe that we can speak to mountains, and we can speak to cancer, and we really can speak to situations and see them shift and see them change. Why? Because the Bible says we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. What does the right hand mean? What does that translate to? The right hand is a symbol of authority. So I know that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, so that means I've been given the authority to speak to that mountain and to speak to things and see them move. Amen? So we don't just pray these, you know, uh, frail, weak prayers. We pray God prayers. We pray huge, big, faith-filled prayers. God, I want to ascend the hill of the Lord. God, purify my heart. Give me clean hands, and I want to ascend the hill of the Lord. Save my family, God. Turn Cook County upside down for revival of Jesus. Amen. The answer is still revival, friend. The answer really is still revival. I believe that. Without a shadow of a doubt, there's nothing that's going to be able to tell me or can convince me that anything else is needed other than a fresh move of Jesus. Not another sermon, not another seminar, not another teaching lesson, and all that's great. And I love church, and I love to listen to good sermons, but we need a Jesus movement like none other. But here's the thing. We have to be willing to go where none will go. We have to be willing to be like John and get away with God and then come out ready with this very one message of repentance to say, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. Amen. The trailblazer anointing. Number three, a pioneer understands the concept of laying the runway for the generation to run behind us on. You know, Mr. Danny brought something to my attention last week. We were standing out here after the family night, and he was talking with me and Matt, and he was just dropping some wisdom, and we were just talking and just having dialect. And one thing he stood out, one thing that he said that really stood out to me was this. You know, man, this, he's just talking to me, and he says, you know, man, you won't have to fight the battles that the fathers in front of you have fought. And so I'm like, 
okay, so does that make me? Oh, no. All, but here, here, is the, here is the new day, the new wave, and true sonship is fully coming into this understanding of this. Is that, and here's, this is what he said. See, you have a father that's out here slinging all the demons, and all, he's out here slashing all the stuff for you, and he is preparing the way for us, not just me, but for all of us to just come in behind and to ride that wave. Amen? So I, full, I fully believe that that we are in this time and we are in this frame to where we need to fully understand that if we are going to embrace that of a pioneer spirit and that if we're going to be able to begin to go where no one has gone, if we're going to begin to go up the mountain of the Lord, then we really need to embrace this mindset that it's not always going to be fun, it's not always going to be comfortable, and it's not always going to look like what we've looked at in the past. It's not going to look like everything that we made. It's going to be a new thing, amen? He doesn't pull out old wine into a new, uh, it's the fresh wine into the, into the wine skin, amen? So we got to be willing to go. we got to be willing to go. Here I am, God. Send me. Here I am. So that profound statement has just been rolling around in me for, for really throughout this whole week. Like, wow. And so I've just been in a place of thankfulness to say, man, th- thank you, Lord, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of a big deal. Amen? So, you tracking with Is this okay? You tracking with me today? Amen. All right. Number four, understand that just like John, we must stay in the wilderness with God alone to come out fully prepared. The wilderness is a place that we don't necessarily like to dwell in. And you know what I'm saying? But it's the secret places. What you do in private, it's the hidden, it's the hidden things that you have in your heart that you do in private with God that comes out in the public place in, in the days ahead. Amen? And so I believe that, that what we've prayed for in private, that what we've sowed, the tears that we've sowed, and everything that we've done has not gone to waste. I believe that today with every fiber in my being, friend. I'm telling you, hear me today. Oh, Jesus. So, staying in the wilderness John stayed, John stayed hid, hidden away, and then he comes out with this message, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Repent, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He didn't know what was coming. He just knew Jesus was on the way. And I don't know anything other than my name is Stanton. I'm married to that girl, and my last name's more, and I go to Cornerstone Christian Church. Past that, I don't really know too much. But one thing I do know is that Jesus longs to pour out his spirit upon his sons and daughters. I believe that. I believe that with, with everything in me. So, so when we're, we are preparing the way for the generation to come behind us, we're not just living for today. We're not living for ourselves, but we understand that there really is a price to be paid. And though it may get lonely, and it is the narrow road, and it is, and it is, it is, it kind of does get lonely. I told, I mean, dad, we had the opportunity to go play around the golf yesterday morning, and I was on the way back, you know, I said, People really don't understand, especially this generation, how hard it really is to go the narrow road, Miss Donna. It's not, it's not always fun, and it's not always pleasant. And this is what I tell the kids that I interact with. 
but it's so much better and it's worth it. Amen. The narrow road is the narrow road. Listen to me. The narrow road is really worth it and it gets lonely, but that is the spirit of a pioneer. That is, that is the spirit of the trailblazer to say, you know what, man? Don't none go with me. Still, I really will follow. If my friends leave me, if every church in town calls me a cult and thinks I'm crazy, still I will follow. Come on, if my family thinks I'm crazy, hear and obey. Come on, if, if, if anybody, if they're talking about me, let me go ahead and help you. They're talking about us anyway. So let's just go ahead and go up the mountain of the Lord and let's ascend the hill of the Lord. Amen? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we understand that we must stay in the wilderness with God to stay prepared. When we come out, we're refreshed, we're refired. That was, what to, that was why today, this is not anything but just simply, this is not simply anything but just pointing out what I felt today, okay? I'm just going to go there, amen? That is that pulling and that priving that we feel and that the worship team feels and that some of you in this room may feel like, man, I know, I know what it's like. I know what it feels like to go from glory to glory because God's allowed us to taste and see. Oh, taste and see that I am good. So he's allowed us to see that. Yes, but every time when we come in here, it's different, amen? So my point in bringing that up is, is this. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship has to be something that we do at home and that we do in our closet and that we do in our vehicles and we do in the truck and we do in the car and we do on the way home, not just on Sunday and on Wednesday, but on Monday and on Tuesday. And so, and it doesn't have to be some big, just awesome prayer. It could just be, hey, you pray in the spirit for five minutes and you just begin to thank God for the blessing of the Lord upon your house, for the blessing of the Lord. Come on, just living in this attitude of worship and thankfulness and just this, and just this gratitude to the Lord to say thank Thank you, God, if you never did another thing, if you never poured out another blessing, another miracle, anything else, God, I am thankful. And so we just go out, we go about our week and we go about our days, man, with just thankful heart. And I found myself, and Abby can tell you this, that's just where I've been at, just thanking the Lord for his goodness. Because here's what I believe. Then listen to me. This is a quote from Damon Thompson. This didn't come from me, okay? But listen, this is what he says. The never-ending encounter is a result of never-ending thankfulness. So how many believe we don't want to just stay where we are? We really do want to go from glory to glory. How do we go from glory to glory? How do we see signs, wonders, and miracles? How do we do that? It's with a thankful heart, full of humility, to say, thank you, Lord, for the low place. I honor the wilderness. But God, I am so thankful that you're going to pour. And you just begin to just live your life in this lifestyle. So that way, when you come in here, oh, baby, you're already filled up. And it's just... Just like, like we talked about this morning, just throwing the wood. Just go ahead and just doing that on the fire. And somebody shouts, somebody claps, and next thing you know, we've got this unity. And the, and the worship begins like a sweet-smelling aroma into, the, into Yahweh's very nostrils. I love worship. I love worship. I love it with all my heart. That's the reason why you see me go so nuts, because I know what my life looked like when I was in darkness, but when he picked me up and he brought me into this marvelous light, I have no choice. I have no other thing to do than just to simply be thankful for every season that God has ever brought me through. Amen? And here's what I found out. We, we serve God. God is in heaven, right? And so heaven's unlimited. Heaven's resources are really unlimited. So when we pray and when we do things, we must come. I must come. We all, we have to come to the realization of this, that God really does desire us to pour out resources, to pour out the blessing, to pour out all of that upon his people. Amen? So heaven really is all that that is cracked up to be in the manner of 
the resources are unlimited. When we plant, we plant into a, sh- a kingdom that's unshakable. When we worship, we're worshiping a God that's unshakable and unmovable. Amen? So, the spirit of a pioneer. You with me? I'm tracking fast. It's 1130. I'm going to be done quick. Listen. So, so I'm, I'm moving right along. Here we go. Understands you laying the concept for the runway of the generation to run behind us. Understand that the wilderness of that staying away in the wilderness, we have to embrace the wilderness. Amen? We have to do that. So, Number five, last one, understands it isn't always glamorous and it may get lonely, but those who are willing to pay the price fully receive the reward. This is what T.D. Jakes said in a recent interview. If you know me, I love T.D. Jakes. This is what he said in a recent interview. Pastor Stephen Furtick, they're sitting on the, sitting on the platform, and this is what Stephen asked him. They're talking about just achieving the blessing, what it looks like, and Pastor Stephen looks at T.D. and he says, Bishop, what did it cost you to get where you are today? And T.D. just sits back and he laughs and he says, friend, it cost me simply everything. It cost me everything. Let that sink in a moment. When Catherine Coleman was asked the same question, that's where T.D. got that from was Catherine Coleman. They asked Catherine Coleman, what does it cost? What is the price that you had to pay? Oh, it was simply everything, friend. When T.D. was getting ready to publish his very first book, He had saved up $12,000, him and his wife. He had saved up $12,000. That's all he had to his name. And he got ready to publish the book, and the book, and and so he goes to publish it, and the lady wouldn't publish it, and she tried to change it up, and T.D. just wasn't really feeling it. And so he said, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to publish this book on my own, but it's going to cost, But I guess somebody comes to him and says, but it's going to cost you $12,000 if you want to do that. And so he goes to his wife, and he says, she, she says, baby, I'm going to go publish my book, but it's going to cost me $12,000. It's everything. And he was trying to, he was using that money to build a house. He was using that money that God had given him to build their, I guess they were living small at the moment, to build their first really and put a down payment on that. And so, and so he says, baby, it's going to cost us $12,000. And you know what her response is? This is the kind of heart we have to have. You know what her response was? Well, okay then, just go do it. So are you really willing to publish the book. That's the question that I have for us today. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. What does it cost to prepare the way of the Lord? What does it look like? It looks like this. It costs you something. It hurts. It's not always glamorous. It's not always fun. It doesn't always look like the grass that's supposed to be greener on the other side. But let me give you hope today. Let me give you just a sense of hope and just a satisfaction to know that if I, man, I'm telling you, I just believe that there is something stirring that there is something happening, that there really is something going on in the spirit realm, just a rumbling, just a a stirring in the spirit for what's to come in the days ahead. And if we properly embrace these things, if we properly do these things and embrace the season of preparation, that God really will pour out his blessing in 2018. Amen? I believe that. We just have to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves. So moving forward, Moving forward, so I gave you five things that I feel like the pioneer, the characteristics of that of a pioneer spirit has. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So I want to shift into this mindset and get off of pioneer for a minute and look and just take a look at what this preparation looks like. So I believe that November and December are the months to prepare. Maybe not just for this body, but maybe it's just for the local body. I mean, not just, yes, for the local body, but just for the body of Christ all throughout the world. That we will begin to prepare ourselves mentally, spiritually, all of that for what God really wants to do 
in 2018. And so as we begin to do that, I really feel like that we should lean in. If you can just take this today and just apply it. And just, t- just don't take me where I'm not going. But I fully believe that if we would just lean in and just listen and get away with God, that he's going to begin to give us strategic strategy, strategic steps to take in the future. You sitting in this room today very well may hold the keys to revival. You may hold the keys. It's not always the one with the mic. It's not always the leadership team, and it's not always the pastor in the three-piece suit, although I love it. It could be you. It's about us moving this thing together. Amen? And so that's, that's just where I'm at. That's, where, that's, where, that's just where I'm at. Amen? So just this attitude of preparation and this leaning in and listen, listening to what the Holy Spirit would have to say to us. One thing I found to be true, you can, you can bet this to be true, is that when you get alone with God and when you get in the secret place with him, and that, what I like to call the wilderness, just away with God, He gives us that strategic purpose and that strategic planning for our lives. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit guiding us through every step and every turn, Mr. Emmett, we don't, we we can't go, I can't go anywhere. I'm fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit to move me, to guide me, and to lead me through into all truth, into the next season of my life, into the next steps, where I'm going, what I'm doing. It's not by us. It's not what we do. But when we fully understand that it's God of heaven, it's the Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us, then we will begin to embrace the wilderness. We will begin to embrace that secret place and that aloneness with God. So that way when we come in here, we're rejuvenated and revived. Amen? So the season of preparation, just enduring, just enduring that and understanding what that looks like and what we have to do in order to fully prepare ourselves for the outpouring. So this is what I want also to bring out is this. The God we experience now and the God that we have experienced up until this point is is for this reason, to experience the God for tomorrow. The God we have experienced today, the God we experienced then and now is for the God that we are going to experience in the future. The pursuit never ends, friend. That's what I love about this whole thing. It's just this constant pursuit and going from glory to glory to glory. It really is that. And so that, what, that looks, what that looks like is this, not allowing our moments when we encounter God, when we have a God moment, when we worship, when God speaks to us and he does things for us in our lives. Listen to me right here. If we will allow our moments to become starting points and not memories, we can fully walk in the destiny that he has for us. M- moments are meant to be starting points, not memories. And if we're not careful, our moments become memories. And we have a moment, oh God, that was great. But moments are meant to be a catapult and they're meant to shift us and to push us into destiny. There is greatness on the inside of all of you. And this church was designed for gratefulness, for for great things. Amen? I believe that. Without a shadow of a doubt, I believe that. And I will not throw it down. I will not just throw the call down and say, you know what? Maybe maybe we weren't meant for signs and wonders. Maybe we weren't meant to have no cancer, have a free cancer zone. But I'm telling you today that no weapon formed against me or my family or this church will prosper. Amen? I believe that. 
So we just got to stay steadfast. We just got to keep going up the mountain. When it doesn't look right, when it doesn't look like everything's going right, we just got to continue to pursue, to pursue, to pursue. The none go with me, still I will follow. The narrow road, the narrow road. My friends talk about me, I'm going. My, everybody in town talks about me, I'm going. I know it looks crazy. And I know when I come in here in church and I worship and I lift my hands and I shout, hallelujah. It sounds funny and my voice kind of creaks a little bit and I really can't sing. But oh, I'm just going to fix my eyes on the Father. And that's really the only thing that I'm worried about is the Father, the Father, the Father. Amen. Come on, we got to fix our eyes on him like never before. In this next season, if we will begin to prepare ourselves and to fully fix our gaze upon the one that is worthy of our affection, he's the one that's worthy of our gaze, worthy of our attention. He's worthy of it all, friend. And if we will really fix our gaze upon him, here's the thing. Looking upon his face never gets old. Day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. It never gets old. Why? Because Revelation tells me that his eyes burn with fire. His hair is white as wool. His feet are like brass. I don't know about you, but that doesn't get old to me. So I've made up my mind and I'm only 23, amen, but I have made up my mind for the rest of my life. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to do everything right, but one thing that I know is that I will pursue after his fiery eyes, and if he is looking at me, that's all I'm really worried about. It's a pioneer. It's a pioneer. I'm worried about his eyes catching me. I'm not worried about what anybody else has got to say in me. I'm worried about what heaven's saying about me. I'm not worried about whether we look silly in here or not. We got cool lights and haze and I know all that. But we're pursuing after God. We're lifting our voices. Come on. And when we begin to do that, it looks silly. I know. I know it does. But listen to me. Listen to me. There's a difference being made. And every time, every time there's a difference being made. Sunday in and Wednesday out. And Sunday in and Wednesday out. And Sunday in and Wednesday out. Come on, friend. As long as we got church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Friday, when we come in here on Sunday, Sunday is going to be full. Oh, it's going to be full. And we just lift our eyes. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have to be fully fixated on this. We have to be fully focused on this. And that is the one concept of, because here's what, because I talk a lot about TD. And here's what TD says. Man, they spit on me. They talked about me. My family, my daughters, my son. Man, they said hurtful things. Talk about you if you're fat. Talk about you if you're skinny. Talk about you if your head's not, if you ain't got no hair. Talk about you if you do have hair. They're going to talk about you regardless. So that's what it, and if we don't develop tough skin, that of the pioneer, that of the John the Baptist, if we do not embrace that skin and fully put on that jacket of toughness, we can't go from glory to glory. We can't go up the mountain and take step after step because it gets tough. And that one little prick that somebody sticks to you and says, man, what are you thinking? You've lost your mind. But I'm fixated on Yahweh. I am fixated on my heavenly father. Why? Because I know he desires to bless me. I know that he desires for good things for me and for my family and for my life. God is a good God. Amen? He's a good God. I believe that. So... So the God you experience today is really for the God that you're going to experience tomorrow. And so I want to kind of weave through this 
right here and run through this scripture right here and show you how I feel like one stage is really preparing you for another stage and another stage is really preparing you for another stage and the other stage is preparing you for another stage. So, glory to glory to glory. That's what I believe. From glory to glory to glory. So, Step one, God is always preparing the way for, the God, for, for God, for the God of today, for the God of tomorrow. So starting with Exodus, God sends the 10 plagues. We remember this. God sends the 10 plagues to Egypt and, says, and speaks through Moses, let my people go so that they can worship me. You see, God didn't just free the children of Israel so that they could be a free people. He freed the children of Israel so that they could be governed by God. Freedom without walking with God, it's just freedom that the world has. I've, I've experienced freedom on both sides. When my parents gave me keys to my first car, when they gave me a cell phone, how many know that that is what freedom looks like? Just giving you freedom at your very fingertips, what that looks like, okay? But let's flip it to the side of this. Freedom, but true freedom with governed by God. What that looks like and really walking in that freedom governed by God. So God comes in the 10 plagues to free the children of Israel so that they can not only walk in freedom, but they can be governed by God. Step two, so God comes in the 10 plagues so he can come in the 10 commandments at Mount Sinai. How does this work? It's just preparing, preparing. So they had to have something to keep them governed by God, to keep them sane. So God sends the Ten Commandments up on Mount Sinai. We remember this. So let my people go. He sends the Ten Plagues. Why? So they can, they can be free. Why do they want to be free? So they can be governed by God. Moving forward, goes to Mount Sinai, gives the law to Moses. So we know that that's two steps of preparation right there, right there in the Old Testament, from step one to step two. So... In Galatians, the Bible says that the law was a schoolmaster that led us to God. So, the templates let my people go to Mount Sinai, the law, and then to move to Galatians, it says that the, that the law was a schoolmaster to, that led us to Christ. So, so God comes in the templates, he comes to the law to prepare the way for Jesus. Then Jesus comes on the scene to prepare the way for the Holy Spirit. Why does Jesus come? He comes to prepare the way for the Holy Spirit because I'm going back to the Father, but I'm sending you a helper, and he's going to lead, and he's going to guide you, and you're going to experience freedom, but I'm sending you a helper of the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to take you from glory to glory, to take you where no foot has ever stepped before, to take you into a place that you can fill an atmosphere with his presence and see cancer fall off and to see disease healed. Come on, man. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. Amen. So, take place to the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments for Jesus coming on the earth. Jesus comes so that he can prepare the way for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to prepare the way for the coming back of the Lord. Amen. We know that. In Revelation, in Revelation, the Bible says that the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Whether we realize it or not, we are longing, we long by nature for the manifestation of Jesus. We long to see him face to face. We really do. It may not seem that way right now in whatever season that we're in or that you're in in this room. But here's the thing. Revelation says it. The spirit and the bride say, come. 
We long, I long, I know for me, Stanton, I long to see his fiery eyes. And I long to see the glory of God cover the earth as the waters really do cover the sea. And I'm not giving up on it, friend. I'm telling you that it's going to happen. I'm telling you that the spirit of revival really is going to spring forth. And when we come in here and we worship and we come together as a local body, so how does this all pertain? This is how it pertains. We, we did the song this morning. We strike the ground on the wells of revival spread for or spring forth spring forth so what is it like it's like a big elephant just breaking up the fallow ground on the wells of revival this is the ground of revival right here our church is placed by a water tower that's not a coincidence to me it may be to you but it's not to me why because God is longing to send the rain so we must prepare ourselves what does preparing ourselves look like it looks like this friend it looks like preparing the way what are we preparing the way for for the wells of revival to spring forth that's what we're preparing ourselves for. It's one season of preparation, one season of preparation. But if you're not careful, you will neglect and you will have nothing to do with the season of preparation because it's not fun. But I'm telling you right now, if we will begin to get along with God, get out in the yard, get in the closet, I don't care what it looks like, but get to a place where you can hear God's voice. Shut it all off. Shut the phone off. Shut the TV off. Send the kids to mamas. I don't know what we got to do. But here's one thing I, got, I know that's got to happen. We got to hear God clearly. Why? Because God gives us strategic strategy that can help take us into different dimensions with him. So why do we prepare ourselves to go to different dimensions, to go from glory to glory? I'll say it a thousand times. Why? It didn't mean from service. God said that he didn't say service to service. He didn't say from day, from day to day. He didn't say from building to building, from church to church, from house to house. No. He says from glory to glory. What does that look like? I believe that the glory is the manifestation of Jesus. And it takes the heart of a Moses. Moses prepared the way. When we're talking about men, forerunners, who prepared the way of the Lord. Moses prepared the way of the Lord. Why? Because, yes, one, he did lead the children of Israel through the Red Sea. Yes, the Red Sea parts, he leads the children of Israel. Yes. But here's the other thing that I love about Moses. He's the chill. Everybody else is okay with just having the presence around him. Everything, everybody else is just okay with maybe God goes and maybe he don't. And that's really okay if he does or if he don't, but not Moses. The Bible says, listen to me, the Bible says that Moses spoke to God as if he was a friend, face to face. That's what the Bible says, that he spoke to him face to face. And Moses says, this is what Moses says. You know, it's great, and I know everybody's kind of okay either way, but God, will you just show me your glory? Show me your glory. I want to see you. I want to see your face. That is the answer, friend. For me, that is everything. I want to see his face. I want to see him in his fullness. I want to experience him in his fullness. Every single thing that he has for us, I want to experience. I want to walk through. I'm walking through my gate. Amen. I'm going through my door. I'm going to embrace preparation. I'm going to get myself ready. So that way when God gets ready to pour out his spirit, I will be ready. It's the pioneer spirit. So the God we experience today is for the God for tomorrow. We've, we've obtained a lot of moments in this church. We've obtained a lot of prophetic revelation, but here's the thing. We're not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. We're not waiting on revival. We are revival. So here's the thing. Prophetic revelation, Matt pointed this out to me, so this is coming from him. It's coming from Lou Engle. Here's the deal. Prophetic revelation is nothing without activation. We can listen. TD says it like this. 
God doesn't give us chairs and tables. He gives us a tree. And what you do with your tree is up to us. So today, I'm telling you, let's go ahead and begin to prepare our chair. God doesn't give us chairs and, 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 and tables. He gives us a tree and says, go do something with the tree. He gives you the prophetic word. He gives you the outpouring. He, he, he allows you to feel his presence. But will you obtain the glory? It's up to you, friend. It's up to you. Will you ascend the hill? You better be praying, God, give me clean hands and a pure heart. He's not going to pick you up and do it for you. He's not just going to give you the great job with a lot of money, and he's not just going to give you two kids with a golden Labrador retriever like Zoe, God knows I love her, and a white picket fence and eating steak every night. Although I love all those things, the golden Labrador retriever and the white picket fence and all the, and the American dream, what we have called it, all that doesn't happen unless we fully embrace the season of preparation. And we have to, we have to go ahead and make up our minds in this season and in our spirit that, man, I know because I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good and I'm going to stay on the path that's straight and narrow. And though I may get off and I may skin my knee, I'm just going to keep on pursuing. I'm just going to keep on following because I know. I, and all it is is just a pursuit after his face. That's all it is, friend. You see, God comes in the Old Testament this way, by fire, by a cloud. He does different things, right? But I'm going to pull out in Scripture, in the, that's in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, God allows us to see him face to face. He allows us to see his eyes of fire. But give me Bible, okay? I'm going to. All right, so 11.45, I'm done. You okay? I know this is, I know, but this, I just know God said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So, the God we experience today is for the God for tomorrow. Moving forward. Revelation without activation is no good. Whatever word you've got for your life, whatever prophetic cassette DVD tape that you've got sitting on the, you got sitting on, 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 the, on your dresser at the house, until we activate that and put it into practice, we can't fully receive that. Amen? We can't fully walk into it. So we got to activate it. We got to step into it. We got to go where nobody's going. We got to pray when nobody's praying. We got to seek when nobody's seeking. Amen? In the midnight hour, when everybody's asleep, we got to seek him. Amen? And as we seek him, he gives us that strategic strategy for our lives and for the next season. So um, in the back, can we pull up Malachi chapter 3? Chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Let's pull that up really quick. And this is the question that I want you to ask yourself when we read this. Are you ready for when, the Lord, for when he pours out the blessing? Are you preparing? What are you doing to prepare yourself today for what God's getting ready to do for you in the days ahead? Amen? What are we doing today? What are we doing with the fire? Are you putting logs on the fire or are you just letting the fire go out? But I'm telling you today, if you'll begin to stoke and if you'll begin to throw logs on the fire, that God's getting ready to increase your fire. Amen? Malachi chapter 3. Can we go there? Behold, I send my messenger... And he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Next, next verse. But who? Okay, Paul's right there. Leave that up. Listen. That's, verse 1's great. The Lord's coming, right? That's what he shows us. He shows us in Malachi. The Lord's coming, but who can withstand? 
but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. So ask yourself, we need to ask ourselves that question. Who can endure it? What are we doing day in and day out to help us fully receive? Because one thing I've noticed about God is this. He just kind of and then he'll kind of go away. And then he'll, and then he'll kind of go away. But it's what you do when he kind of goes away that gives you legal access to go through the next door that's coming your way. I'm trying to help us this morning. I believe this. I so believe this. So God's getting ready to pour out his spirit. But are we ready to see? Or have we endured? Have we fully grasped and not neglected the season of preparation? So that's Malachi. Moving forward, Luke 19. Jess, if we can pull that up. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Prepare so you can fully receive. Prepare so you can fully receive. Can you endure it when he comes? Can you handle it when he comes? Some of us, it may kill us. When Jesus fully comes, I believe if we're not fully prepared, I don't know what'll happen. But I just know I got to get myself ready, ready. Amen. Like the song says, I lay between porch and altar crying out to God like a voice in the wilderness prepare you the way of the Lord so Luke 19 Luke chapter 19 verse 41 now as he drew near he saw the city and he wept over it saying if you had known even you especially in this your day the things that make for your peace but now they are hidden from your eyes for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. Next verse. And level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know. Listen to that part right there. That like leaped off the page to me when I read that last night. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Listen, before we step into what God's got for us, we have to fully understand we have to fully understand what type of time we really are in. It's something significant, and it's something really special. But if we don't fully understand what that season looks like, God can't grace us with something greater than what we've already been given. It's how you steward what you've been given. It's how you properly handle the acorn. And then when he gives you just the little acorns, when he gives you, when he gives you that, what do you do? How can, how can you expect to handle the tree if you don't handle the acorn that's been given to you? So what does that look like for us as Cornerstone? What does that look like for us as a church? It just means this, friend. It's not hard. It's simple. It just means this. Just prepare. Just store up. I can put my boots on this morning for a reason. Strap up the boots and put your wings on. Why are we strapping up our boots and putting our wings on? One, because I believe God wants to send us hiking up the hill of the Lord. Two, why do I feel like we need to put our wings on? Because why would you walk and run when God destined you to fly? You, listen, listen. God designed you to fly. He didn't design you to crawl, he, although we may have to crawl sometime. And you crawl before you walk. You see, even with humanity, how God does things, we can see how he moves. All we have to do is pay attention, walking to, uh, uh, crawling to walking, walking to running. And then we might even get to fly. But it's the walking and the running that prepares us to fly. So what are you doing to get ready to fly? Are you getting on the plane? 
and strapping up your seatbelt and putting your wings on and getting ready to fly. So we're going to put our boots on. We're going to ascend the hill of the Lord. Ask the Lord to give us clean hands and a pure heart. We're going up. We're going higher. We're going higher. Yes, that. But it's not so much horizontal. And that's, I'm about to close. I'm, I'm almost done. You see, preparing the way. So, sorry, I get off on the rabbit trail. So we put our boots on. We put our wings on. We're going to go up the mountain, and we're going to fly from glory, the different dimensions. Some of you, you just might need to go home and just put your boots on, and you might not. You might just want to just start flying around your bedroom. It looks silly, but let's just go ahead and go. TD does it, and he, I got it from him. So I'm just going to go ahead and just start flying. I'm going to fly. Why? Because God destined this church, and he destined you to soar. He destined us to store. He's a good God. He wants to take us to different levels. And I don't know about you, but that is so exciting to me. So, in Luke, I don't have time to go there because I'm, I'm, I'm almost done right here. And so in Luke 19, we see that we must prepare so that we can fully receive. And if when we get it, we, we don't even know the season or the time or the day that we're in because we didn't properly prepare for what's been given to us. So, Jesus longs for us to be ready. He wants us to be ready. Amen? I believe that. So, in Mark's gospel, this is one thing that I, that I found that I love. In Mark's gospel, it starts, Jess, let's pull that up. Mark, Mark chapter 1, verse 1. In Mark's gospel, it's, you would think that it would start with Jesus. It's the gospel of Jesus, right? Mark's gospel of Jesus. But it, start, it doesn't start with Jesus. It starts with John the Baptist. Look at me right here. If we don't see John the Baptist, we don't see Jesus. We have to hear the message of John the Baptist so that we can, so we can fully receive Jesus. Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it was written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before your face, John the Baptist, who will prepare your way before you. Next verse. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. What's my point in bringing that out to you? We would think, I would think, that in the Gospels it should start with Jesus. But, but it's, it, it, was all de- it was all done on purpose, I believe. John the Baptist is the first thing that's brought up. If we don't fully receive and understand the message to prepare ye the way of the Lord, we don't get to see him face to face. So we got to see John before we can say Jesus. Why? Because John came with a message of repentance. So if we don't, as baby Christians, as we first, you're tracking with me there. As when we first come into the faith, when we first accept Christ, if we don't repent, right, we don't get to see Jesus. So that's what, that's what that tells me. Amen. So I love that. Because John was a forerunner. He was a pioneer. He prepared the way of the Lord. So if we see John, we can see Jesus. If you don't, if you don't hear John, then you don't see the manifestation of Jesus. John knew something was about to happen. He just didn't know what it was going to look like. He just knew we had to get ready. Luke chapter 7, verse 30, concerning the Pharisees. We're not going to go there. But you see, they chose to be blind when they had the opportunity to see. Why? Because they didn't fully embrace the message of John the Baptist. So if they would have listened and if they would have embraced what he was trying to say instead of trying to figure everything out, and some of us need to get the revelation of this, we're not going to understand everything. We're not going to have all the answers to all the questions. I know I don't, and I know I'm never going to. But all I got to do 
God can move with some, God, God can do business with people that trust him. And I don't know what it's going to look like, and I don't know what the next season's going to look like, or what 2018 is going to hold. But I know it's going to be great, and I know he wants to take us from level to level to level. And although it may be scary, and it might hurt me a little bit, I know that it desires to bless me, and because of that, I am getting ready. Does that make sense? I hope that's making sense to you. So we got to get ready. We got to get ready. Something good's about to happen. We just get ready. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's just simple. Just prepare. Just prepare yourself. You know how it is. The reason why I didn't do good in school was because I didn't prepare. I, I made a couple A's, but the, but the B's and the C's and the D's that I made is because I didn't prepare. Mom will tell me, go upstairs, get in your room and prepare. You got to stay there for an hour. I said, why you got to, why you, why you tell me I got to stay there for an hour? I don't want to stay there for an hour. Maybe 10 minutes, but an hour is just too long. You got to tarry there. You got to hang out with God. And that was what John did in the wilderness. He hung out with, with Jesus. Why? So that he could consume him. He could just pour out his oil and oil and oil upon him. So that way, when he got ready to encounter the Pharisees and the Sadducees, though, they did not embrace him him fully but when he come out he will be an anointed man of God preaching repentance amen and preaching the soon coming king Jesus if anything now more than ever we need bona fide anointed fiery holy ghost filled pastors I don't care what anybody tells you but we need men with revival fire shut up in their bones that's what we need we need and Lou Engle constantly says this if you listen to Lou or anything like that he constantly says this God raise up a John the Baptist movement up until about this week I really didn't understand what that meant now I understand what that means and it's this prepare ye the way of the Lord why are we preparing the way because we oh my goodness we got to be like John why are we praying God raise up a John the Baptist movement because Lou is praying this simple message you better get ready you better get ready because I know God desires to pour out revival amen so the Pharisees couldn't see Jesus because they did not embrace John Listen, I'm done. God wants to do so much through you. He wants to do so much through this church. He wants to do so much through their family. Don't neglect the season that you're in now. Be thankful for everything that you've been given. Because I'm telling you, the door, the, thank, the thankfulness that you have in your heart today, listen, will be the key that unlocks the door for you to go to the next dimension of glory with Him. Amen? So don't neglect the preparation. Amen? I believe that. So... So I'm done. And so even in Mark 1 and 2, we see before I send a messenger before your face. In the old covenant, he came in the, in the cloud and in the fire. But now we get to see God face to face. So the two things that I want to harp on, and I'm closing this. The two things. Um, Jess, can we flip on that, um, my, uh, my intercession right there by uh, not King Cole, or not King Cole, Nathaniel Cole is his name. The two things that I want us to focus on in this next season is prayer and worship. Worship and prayer, intercession. The Bible does not say if you pray. The Bible says when you pray, pray, our Father out in heaven, hallowed be the name, the kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's not if, it's not when we do it, it's just when we do it. So I'm telling you, if you begin to lean into these next seasons of November and December and begin to stir yourself up with the spirit of intercession and, and what that looks like, I don't know, but just some, uh, sometimes for me it just looks like thankfulness. But just begin to cry out to God for the more. Begin to cry out to God for revival, for an outpouring of his spirit. What does that look like? It looks like people being 
being saved. It looks like miracles and signs and wonders happening. That's all I know that it looks like. And as we lift him high and as we get away with him, I fully believe that as we prepare ourselves that we really will see it come to pass. Amen? I believe that. So prayer and intercession. Here's one thing that I want to point out about worship. It's, it's 11.58. I'm almost done. Here's one thing that I want to point out about worship is this. True sons know how to fully receive. If you know me, I like to punch and kick and war. But one thing God is doing in me is teaching me how to be a son and teaching me how to receive his goodness and his mercy. He's teaching me how to do that. You see, David couldn't build God's house. It was Solomon who got to build God's house. Why? Because David was a man of war. So as we punch and as we kick, everything we can war, but it must be done from a place of rest. And everything that we do is because of this reason. God is good. Everything has to be rooted in God's never-ending, never-failing goodness. We don't pray and scream and cry because we believe that there's some type of war. The war is already over, amen? He's got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Satan's defeated. He's under our feet. But here's the thing. When we war, that's just because we're passionate. And we're passionate and we're fired up and we're burning up because we know one thing, that God desires to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. That's what he longs to do. Just like in Joel chapter 2, he desires to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So that is what I'm trying to tell us today. Prayer and intercession. When we pray, we clear the path for those to come behind us. Trailblazers pray. John the Baptist prayed. Forerunners pray. The trailblazer anointing that comes along with that, that comes along with this church, requires us to pray, Miss Ian. We have to intercede in the nighttime, in the midnight hour. We have to begin to pray. God, I don't have all the answers, but I need you. I'm asking you to come. I'm asking you to help me. I need you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. And you just begin to thank him and tell him and cry out for him. Amen? So prayer and intercession. When we pray, we find the keys to our destiny. When we go into these times of intercession, intercession is something that we have laid down in the church. But I'd like to put my foot down on the ground today and say we got to pick that back up. We cannot despise the, the, the hours and the times when it comes time to pray. And it can't just be something that we do a couple days a week. It's got to be something. It's got to be a lifestyle that we live. We have to live in this attitude of intercession and of prayer. And as we live in that attitude and atmosphere and we begin to cultivate an environment of prayer, God gives us the key to our destiny destiny amen all right I'm done listen will you help me Matt there's a there's a ladder in there <clears throat> listen God God has been speaking to me over the past week about vertical versus horizontal vertical turn that up just a little bit vertical versus horizontal. What does that look like? It means ascending the hill. So, in the past, in the past, this is what we've tried to do. We've tried to extend our reach. That's fine right there. Thank you. We've tried to extend our reach. That's fine. We've tried to extend our reach horizontally. Okay. Horizontally. And what we've tried to do is to grow our churches to look really pretty and to look really cool and all of that. And to me, all of that 
is a horizontal reach. But why would we reach horizontally when God destined us to reach vertically? And so I don't know about you, but I know in Acts that when they were where? Not in the lower room, not here, but when they were in the upper room, what happened? The Holy Spirit fell. So here's what I want to get us out of. I just want to give you permission today to go vertical. I want to get you out of this, 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 this mindset of this and my own self. I got to get my own self out of this mindset. I'm talking to myself. I've got to get this mind out of, I got to quit thinking this way. When God has always destined me to go higher, to go higher, to go higher, not this way, but higher. Amen. So I want to read Judge Judges chapter 3. Now, if you know anything, if you were here Wednesday night, Pastor let a little, a little, he released a little bit of this. I'm done. Uh, just try it with me. I'm give me five minutes. Pastor John released this message about the left hand, okay? And what that looks like and all of that. And I don't want to go fully into it. But the Bible says that God raised up a deliverer named Ehud. And Ehud went to get the people out of captivity from King Eglon in Judges chapter 3. That's what happens. The Bible says that he forms a dagger and, and he places it on his right thigh and he sticks it in the belly of the king. But the Bible says that he was a left-handed man. Listen to me. If you don't hear anything else other than prepare ye the way of the Lord, hear this today. That is the call upon this house. That is the call upon us and this body of people to be a left-handed generation. Now more than ever, God needs a left-handed people to be in a right-handed world. God needs, he desires to use a left-handed church in a right-handed world. That's what he desires to use. We're different, we're not like everybody else, and we're never going to be. So let's just go ahead and embrace that we are left-handed. And it's the surprise attack. It's Cornerstone and Sparks in the middle of nowhere. That's what I can't wrap my brain around. We are in the middle of nowhere down here, hid back in Sparks. But it's the surprise attack that God will use to destroy your enemy. Judges chapter 3. Judges chapter 3. I'm going to read through this very quickly just to point this out. Now these are the nations which the Lord left that he might test. Let's go on down just to verse 12. Judges chapter 3, verse 12. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Next verse. Then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon and Amalek, went and defeated Israel, and took possession of the city of Palms. Verse 14. So the children of Israel served Eglon, king of Moab, 18 years. Next verse. We're going into 2018. So that tells me that the people were in captivity for 18 years. And I don't know who of you in here that are in bondage, but I'm telling you now that 2018, you're coming out of your bondage. Amen? It's the 18th year, friend. It's the year of fulfilled promise, the land overflowing with milk and honey. But when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Jerah, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. So he wasn't like everybody else. By him, the children of Israel sent tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now Ehud made himself a dagger. It was a double-edged. It was double-edged in a cubit in length. 
and it fastened under his clothes on his right thigh. Next verse, I want to point something out about the double-edged sword. I'm done. Listen to me. Just hang with me. I'm hungry too. Listen, the double-edged sword represents this for me. This is what it represents. When I read that, this is what I think about. One side, there's pain. We've been through pain. We've experienced pain. It's been tough. And we don't understand why we don't fulfill. We don't, we don't see everything fulfilled like we want to see it fulfilled. So the one side of the sword, it represents the pain that we've been through. The next side of the sword represents the passion that we have. We've been through pain, but we have passion. If you've been around this church long, you know that we talk a lot about passion. Why are we passionate? Because we know God desires to pour out a spirit on our flesh so pain on one side and passion on the other and what happens when you mix pain with passion what happens a little bit of pain and a little bit of passion burst this purpose when you have purpose that destroys your enemy friend it's not about just going on the plan that God has for you it's about going on the God-given design purpose that you and this church has that God destined it to be pain and passion it bursts purpose so I've got the sword in my hand and it's pain and it's passion so that represents purpose moving forward so we brought the tribute to Eglon king of Moab now Eglon was a very fat man and when he had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who had carried the tribute. Next verse. But he himself turned back from the stone images that were at Gilgal and said, I have no secret message for you, O king. He said, keep silence. And all who, and all who attended him went out from him. I'm almost done. So Ehud came to him. Now he was sitting upstairs in his cool private chamber. Keeping your mind upstairs, the upper room. I'm telling you, God spoke this to me last night. Look, now he was sitting upstairs in his cool private chamber. Then Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. So he arose from his seat. Next verse. Then Ehud reached with his left hand. He took the dagger from his right thigh and he thrust it into his belly. Next verse. Even the hilt went in after the blade and the fat closed over the blade. That means he killed him all the way, baby. That whole sword went all the way into him. For he did not draw the dagger out of his belly and his entrails came out. Next verse, then Ehud went out through the porch and shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked him. What does that tell me about Ehud? It tells me that Ehud was a pioneer. Why? Because he had to travel to the upper room to get the people that were out of, that were in captivity. In, ca in captivity, It took a little something. It took getting out of normalcy and complacent average, and it took him going to the upper room to kill the man with his double-edged sword and this is what I felt like I was to do today I know this looks crazy but this is what God told me to do so I'm doing it amen let me tell you something just like Ehud oh she cut up under the bull just like Ehud Ehud had the sword in his left hand and when he went into the upper room when he went into the upper room, he stuck that sword right in, the, right in the belly of the enemy. Right in his belly. And it said he stuck it all the way in his belly. But he had to travel there. So no more horizontal. We're going vertical. No matter what it takes, we're going vertical. Amen? So I'm going to climb this. And every step of the way is preparing the way. And I'm finding the keys. Turn that up. I'm finding the keys 
I'm finding the keys for the next generation behind me. I'm picking up a key and I'm handing it to the next generation. Friend, if we don't ever see revival, it'll be worth it because we've, we will find the keys to the next generation for them to unlock the doors to revival. And we're going to do it with our sword in our hand, with pain and with passion. And we're going to stick it in the heart of the enemy tonight. So I'm preparing the way if I don't fall. I'm preparing the way for the Lord and I'm going to the upper room. Oh, because no matter what it takes, I got to go. And I'm going to the very highest point. If I go up any higher, it's going gonna, it's gonna to topple over. But just like Ehud, we got to stab the sword in the heart of the enemy. Pain and passion. God said no matter what it takes, no matter what you have to do, go to the upper room. Get in the upper room. And let's stab the heart of the enemy. Amen. Pain and passion and purpose. Let's stand to our feet all over the place. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. It's the surprise attack, friend. It's the surprise attack when nobody would, when nobody would expect it. It's the little kid. It's the 12-year-old kid who's been trained and been, and been filled with the Holy Ghost that will destroy the works of the enemy. I'm telling you, is it, this is what it is. When you think it's going to come, this is why we don't have breakthrough. We do the same thing on Sunday that we do on Wednesday, and we do the same thing that we do on Wednesday that we do on Sunday. But we got to begin to shift it up, and we got to begin to surprise the enemy. And when we surprise the enemy, I believe that there will be such a synergy that will happen, just like the left-handed sword and the right thigh. What was that? That was that represented the left hand, the deliverer, the different anointing. He was a young man, and God raised him up as a deliverer, and he put it on his right thigh. I believe the right thigh represents the place of covenant. You've heard me talk about this before. So when we meet pain with passion, when we meet left with right, God births purpose. God shoves us into our destiny, and I don't know about you, friend, but I'm climbing up every single mountain, every single step that I've got to get to to get to the upper room to stomp and to shove the sword in the heart of my enemy. Amen. No matter what it takes, I'm going there. Come on, man. Do you believe that today? I'm going there. I'm going to the upper room. Let's lift our hands. I'm done. God, we say today, we will go. We will travel to the upper room when it's not fun, when it doesn't look okay, and when it hurts, and when it costs us something. God, we are willing to travel into the upper room to get along with you. No matter what it takes, God, we want to stab the heart of the enemy. God, give us strength, give us passion, and give us purpose. God, we've been hurt, but we are passionate. And God, we know that pain and passion burst purpose. So we say today, God, overflow this place with your spirit in Jesus name I declare and I declare today that 2018 will be the best year that we have ever experienced on this earth that cornerstone really would see sparks that will fly in 2018 raise up a left handed generation raise up a group of Ehuds raise up a group that will destroy the works of the enemy that are different, that are different, that are set apart that are holy, God we embrace that spirit of a pioneer come on friend, let's say that today we embrace the spirit of the pioneer of the forerunner, of the trailblazer, we say we will trail the way, we will blaze the way for those to come behind us God, we repent for living for ourselves. And God, we say, 
Let this next generation and let this generation run harder than ever before after the kingdom of God that really is at hand. God, let your glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. If you believe it today, shout yes. Clip you put your hands together. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.